hours past nine years ago today. At that moment, I was in the maternity ward, the, the hospital, part of the hospital, where my daughter was about to be born. However, that experience was very different than my experience prior with my son. Uh, when Tyler was born, he came quickly and abruptly, and, and uh, when it was time for us to go to the hospital with Grace, we thought it would be the same, but Grace lingered and lingered and lingered. And it was fine. We were, you know, we felt like, hey, we're, we're experienced parents. We're not newbies. This isn't our first rodeo. We got this down. We, we, we kind of know the gist of it here. We know what's happening. And we're in, and they got all the monitors on Christy and monitors on little Grace, making sure everything's going okay. And nurse, sweet as she was, uh, I was asking her about the monitors and, and uh, which ones did what. She said, oh, you know, explaining this and that. And showed me on the screen when she got them hooked up, what they, what they showed. And... and um, they were continuing to, you know, as we went through the labor process, and he was kind of looking up at him, and I said, is everything, everything looking okay? She said, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, it's just looking. What we don't want to happen, we're just always kind of watching this, this little line right here. If it, if it dips down, that's a trouble spot. And I mean, almost like it was on cue. That little line on the monitor dipped precipitously downward. And I will not forget... Nine years ago, there in that room, my wife laboring away as a room which had basically just been her and I and a, and a nurse or, or t- maybe two that coming in and out, was instantly filled with a, a lot of people who knew uh, things were serious. And I can remember so clearly in that moment feeling completely out of control. That's a hard place to be when you're a person with uh, control issues. I mean, literally, they flooded the room, and I was almost just unceremoniously just pushed to the back as the doctors and nurses did their work. And I stood in the corner and watched all of them do work. And all I could do in that moment was pray. I did. I prayed real hard. And then I, I texted several of our close friends and, and said, I, I know it's early, and if you get this, please pray. Don't know exactly what's going on. And as I sat there in the corner and they, and they, they said, we're going we're gonna to take her to surgery and probably do a cesarean and, you know, her, it was just even more panic because I, again, not knowing how bad this was or, or what the problem was or, or why there were so many people. And they, they said, Mr. Levin, you're gonna, if you want to be back there, you're going to have to put on these scrubs. So I, you know, I put on the scrubs and I put on little booties over the shoes and I put on my mask and I got the head covering. And I, I look like I could have been a doctor. Uh, though you definitely don't want me operating on you. And then I went, and they, they said, now stand here at the double doors, and we're ready for you. We'll call you back. 
And so there's me, I mean, and it's, it's empty. The hallway is empty. And I don't know if that was done by design or not. There I am, and I'm just doing what I, you know, you see me do it every week. I'm just pacing. Because at that moment, it, it is all in everyone else's hands but mine. And I'm talking pretty seriously with God. And, and I'm getting a few text messages. And my thought is, why am I here? Why am I here? What are we... I mean, this whole thing, this is... What is this about? Why am I here? And, and not in an audible voice... Not that there was a burning bush there in the hallway of the hospital. But in a voice that was much smarter than my own. I heard two words. Trust me. I didn't hear a voice. It was just a, it's just an overwhelming thought that rushed out all other thoughts. And it was just was, trust me. You would think that would be easy for a, a minister and a preacher to do, wouldn't you? I mean, that's what I tell you to do every week, right? I mean, more or less, that's kind of it. I, I'll tell you to open a story and you know, do this and do that. But, but, but why? Because you have to trust God. But that is so much easier for me to get up and do this whole thing every week than it is to step off the platform and do it. It's harder. That's what we're going to talk about today. In our series called Rhythm, we're talking about the importance and the necessity of those two tiny little words that are so simple. Our kindergartners learn these lessons. Our children in the, in the wonderful children's safari program we have, uh, every VBS we've learned, we, we, we get these two basic words, and they're almost so simple that we ignore them. Oh, yeah, 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 I know. I, 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 yeah, okay. I mean, maybe even when you saw the, the sermon title or you, you saw there in the handout what we were going to talk about today, you thought, I got this down. I know what we... We have to trust God. We've got to do that. But see, trusting God... Is simple, but true trust in God is rarely easy. I mean, it's easy in the point where you can see what's going to happen, when you know how it's going to work out, but it's much, much harder when you're in the fog, when you're in the moment, when you're pacing back and forth, and you're just waiting, wondering what the next part of the story will be. That's harder. It's hard when it requires us to lay down our own understanding, our own knowledge, our own thoughts, our own preconceived ideas. And God says, I want you to lay that down. In fact, the scripture probably best known for for this passage is Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. If you're following along in your Bible, I hope you'll turn to Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, page 676 in the Pew Bible, if you care to, to take one of those. And by the way, to our guests, 
If you don't have a Bible of your own, that pew Bible, just take it and keep it. That is yours because we know that you'll be blessed to read and study God's Word. Turn to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And, and probably some of you don't need to turn there. You're not even turned there because you already know what three, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says. You're like, oh, I know this. This is, this is on every uh, inspirational card. This is on every wall hanging. I mean, it's just one of these center points. is such a beautiful, perfect verse. And yet, I need you to turn there because I need you to internalize the words and not just say, oh, yeah, I, I, I get it. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he he will make your paths straight. You see, it sounds good on the surface, except that part about lean not on your own understanding. You see, I pride myself on my understanding. I mean, I really do. I, 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 I'm a learner. I'm an avid reader. I listen to podcasts. I, I read a lot of things. I, I love documentaries because I love to learn for the purpose of growing wiser and, and gaining understanding. And yet, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, when it comes to trusting in the Lord, there's something that you have to do that is so opposite of what we want to do. If we want to lean on our own understanding. You see, remember way back in Genesis chapter 3 in the fall, when, when Eve and then Adam partook of, of the fruit that God commanded. Do you remember what tree that was from? If you're, if you're a good Bible student, you remember that that, that that fruit was from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And there was something that changed within us, within our minds, our desire to know, our desire to have a plan, our desire to know a way, our, our desire to, to really understand things and grasp things that changed our relationship with God because then we begin to lean on our understanding. In fact, most of the time when you see God's people deviating from God, wandering from God, veering away from God, it doesn't have anything to do with God. It's had everything to do with, oh, we've grown in our understanding. Oh, you see, I, I know the Bible says this, but you see, we're so much more sophisticated now. We have so much more understanding. I mean, I realize that doesn't happen in today's age. We don't have any issues where the Bible clearly says this is right or wrong, and, uh, and the world says, well, but you see, we're so much sophisticated. I was going to believe the old-fashioned book like that is so, so full of hate, and un- they, they just lacked, you know what they lacked? They lacked understanding. Ah. You see, the problem is, when it comes to trusting God, it requires laying down your understanding. Since the tree of knowledge of good and evil, we've been wanting to know the plan. We've been wanting to know the way. We've been wanting to know the how. We've been wanting to see what God has in mind and just lay out the steps and I'll, and I'll follow them if, if I agree with them, if, I, if it makes sense to me. But that's not really faith. You see, faith will have none of that. I have a friend on Facebook, uh, she's and her family have been through a, a host of things this past year. They've, they've had uh, many, uh, shall we say, adventures, if you will. And one of the adventures that they've had is that their three-year-old daughter, little daughter by the name of Tally, uh, had this uh, 
contracted this virus. It's, it's not contagious, it's, but, but how she got it, they don't know. And, and how to treat it, they're, they're even less sure of. And it basically causes her little daughter to be covered in these sores. And it is terribly heartbreaking as a parent to see this. But she posted something the other day. Now, her daughter's getting a little better day by day, and she's asking for prayers and all of that. But, but she posted something that I thought was so fitting for this particular message. Here's what she, here's what she wrote about that. He said, our trust in the Lord is imminent, immense. I should be clear that trusting doesn't always mean healing. It means trusting. That the Lord has a plan and that he gives good gifts to his children and that he walks within us in our suffering and he hears our prayers and that he is a loving father. Being a Christian doesn't exclude suffering. It doesn't mean prosperity in all seasons. It doesn't guarantee health, but it guarantees that the Father is with us always, and we with him. That is the good news, no matter the earthly outcome of suffering. Boy, that's inspiring to read, isn't it, you know? But I bet, I bet for, for her mom and dad, that's a lot harder to live. Now, there's nothing worse than having your own child sick. It's one of the hardest things you can go through. And yet, in that moment, she's understanding that faith in God, trust in God, is not about her understanding. Not about her wishing that God would just instantly make it better, but for her and her husband to trust in God. That's faith. You see, the trusting of true trusting faith means following God fully. And to do this, you have to trust His ways, and you have to trust His timing, and you have to trust His path. Have you noticed a common adjective there in each of those descriptions? In short, you have to trust him. That's what it comes down to. Because, because when you have struggles in your faith, it's going to come down to, oh, but I don't like that way, God. I don't like that path, God. You know, God, that's really not the timeline that I had envisioned we'd be on. And, and faith will have none of that either. It's if you're going to trust him, you got to trust him. I'll, I'll not forget as a parent, I'm still a parent, um, but when Tyler was very young, he, would, he was in the back seat, in his car seat, and we would go maybe from church to home, or we would go from church to the, the or to grocery store, or a place that we went often. And he got to the point where he knew the path, he knew the route, he knew which way to turn and which way to go and which light to go straight, which right, what light to go right. He knew the path. Uh, sometimes I'd have something else in mind, and so I'd go a different way. I'd take a different path. And from the back, little three or four, three or four-year-old Tyler would say, Dad, this not way. This not the way. And my response was, Tyler, do you trust your dad? Now, sometimes in our faith, 
We, as we saw last week, a couple of people being born into Christ and they're just all wet and they're, they're green in their faith and they're beginning and it's exciting. And, and you know what's ahead of them. And, and, and I'm excited to watch them grow and take steps in their faith. But you and I know a day is coming when they will be in the back seat in their relationship with God and God will go a different way than they had planned. And in their prayer life, in a more sophisticated way, they will say, Dad, that's not the way. That wasn't the plan. Why are you turning here? And God calls us to trust him fully. The hardest part of trusting God is not so much trusting God, but in learning to stop trusting ourselves. You see, faith, I love this picture of faith. You know, this beautiful, the sun's coming across the horizon. The path is simple and easy. Yes, we can see there's mountains in the distance, but we see the path clearly. We know which way to go. And, and I, I love the picture. It's just such an inaccurate picture of the journey of faith. Here's a slightly more realistic picture of faith. This is more accurate. Can I ask you just for a moment to take a silly picture and take a serious moment out of it? Can I ask you, how many of you, just by a show of hands, how many of you have been here? That's faith. That's where it matters. That's where it counts. When you're scared to death, when you can't see the way, when you have no earthly idea how, God's right next to you saying, oh man, this is going to be awesome, just trust me. It gives you a feeling in the pit of your stomach, maybe in the pit of your soul. You wonder, am I really cut out to, to journey on this Roller coaster ride of faith. Oh, yes. You see, because the journey is not about your strength at all. It's about all of him. Many years ago, when I was in youth ministry, we went to a theme park, which was a lot of youth ministry. And we went on this roller coaster ride. And we're waiting in line. And I notice that there is there a, a Jewish, I, I believe it's uh, the Hasidic Jewish faith. He's got the, the hair, the curly haired side, on, hair on, coming off the side, the, the hat, the, the traditional garb, this whole family. And as they're getting closer, we're inching along, we're getting closer to the ride, and here comes the coaster. And it would stop, and people would get on, and the line would move forward. And just let the stopping it off, and the line would move forward. And this little boy in this family, I don't know, maybe two, at most three. The closer we got to the coaster, the more afraid he became. And he began to cry. And, and as he got very close, he, he cried out. And in his voice, he held up his little arms and he said, Abba, Abba. 
Now, I don't know. Obviously, the child was too little to go on the coaster, okay? But I don't know. Maybe, obviously, one of them is probably going to pull the child and wait for the rest, or I don't know how it's going to work. But in that moment, the child, not knowing what lied ahead, knew exactly where to put his trust. And it was beautiful because, of, because he said, Abba, which is a, a biblical word that I knew and I understood. And what I understood, what he was saying there in that moment, is when I'm afraid. The very first person that I want in the world is my Abba. Because I don't understand, but he understands. I don't know the way. I don't know how, but he knows. And the, the father scooped up this little boy and held him very close. And you could see the comfort instantly come across. And that impacted me as a dad, as a Gentile. I saw a picture of trusting in your Abba. The scripture puts it this way. If you want to follow along, I hope that you do. Hebrews chapter 11. You see, there is nothing assured or certain in your journey with God except for God himself. Hebrews chapter 11, it's page 1,287. The writer of Hebrews says this, Faith is being certain or sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Now that's hard to do. The, the only thing that you can be sure of in your walk with God is God. There will be times when you face terrible, hard things, moments of just having to step and just not even knowing if the next step is there, just stepping forward, just doing what's right and trusting in Him. And that's hard to do. The faith is being sure, being certain of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. It is hard. It's harder than we like to admit sometimes. But a question for you this morning. When has faith ever, ever been easy? I I can go from Genesis to Revelation in this book, and never once do I see the instructions scripturally that say faith is easy. Faith is simple. Faith is a cakewalk. No, it never once says that. It only says that faith is worth it. If you're still in Hebrews chapter 11... Just verse 2, this is what the ancients were commended for. Here we read those stories, but let me ask you, Hebrews chapter 11 tells several examples of people of faith, but but can, can, can we ask them that question? Was their faith easy? Would you ask Noah, who was building a boat maybe up to 100 years before there was a single drop of rain? Don't you ask Noah, who, who basically was told you'll have a son in your old age, who was told at the very beginning of his journey with God, in Genesis chapter 12, the, the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in all, and you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That's just a huge promise. And look what Abraham does. Verse 4. So Abram went. Now see, that's so easy for us to read, but 
That was hard to walk away from everything he'd ever knew and go into something bigger that God had planned. It was hard to take his only son that he had been given, the gift, the promise, and take him up a mountain because the same God who had promised that son also told him to take him up the mountain. You think that wasn't hard when little Isaac said, Father, the fire are here, the wood are here, but where is the sacrifice? How do you think that there was not tears coming from Abram's eyes as he said to himself, as his son, God himself will provide. As Sarah, who was promised a baby long after the time of having babies, ask Joseph as he sits in an Egyptian prison, ask Hannah, as she begs God, begs God for a child. Ask David, as an untrained, unskilled, unarmed soldier, going out with just some stones and a sling, based only in his faith and trust in a God who is bigger than the giant. You think that was easy? You think his heart wasn't racing? You think his palms weren't sweating? You think there wasn't butterflies all in his stomach as he went out to meet the giant based solely on his trust in God? I know it makes a great VBS story, but David didn't know the end of that story. We do. We sit in judgment and go, well, it sure must have been easy for them. Gosh, I, I wish I had a giant, but I sure would go up to that giant. I would just show him what's what. You know, I, I, No, these were real people who in a moment had to step out in the same way that you and I have to step out and trust God. Ask Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who refused to bow to the ordinances and, the, and the, the laws of their time because they defied the true and living God. Even in the face of great punishment, they said, we will not bow down to the idol. And God can save us. But even if he doesn't, we're not bowing. We're not defying the living God. Ask Daniel. When prayer was outlawed, and he prayed anyway, just as he had done before. You think he wasn't scared? You think he didn't face a moment of hesitation? You think when they put him into the den of lions, that he wondered how this was going to work? If this might be the end of his story? See, we know the end of the story, but they didn't. Ask Mary. A teenage girl having to explain her baby bump. Who couldn't explain it to the man she was engaged to. Who couldn't rightly explain it to her family or to the community. Don't you know that as the bump grew bigger and bigger, all of the rumors, all of the gossip, all of the snide comments. Oh, there's Mary. We know what she's been doing. You know, I mean, she just... And what she was in that position because God put her there. And when God put her there, she didn't question. She just said, I am the Lord's servant. You think that wasn't hard for her? Ask Peter when he stepped out of the boat onto, onto water to come out to Jesus. As a fisherman, his whole life had been spent in the boat. And here is this rabbi who called him out of the boat 
that he had knew, and it was so secure, especially in the storm. Those stories are easy to us. We don't even pay attention to them anymore because, because we, we sort of jump ahead to the end of them. We know how it works out. But they had to trust God without knowing the end result. When has faith ever been easy? Ask anyone here at Northside. We say we're a family of faith. What that means is not that we're perfect, but that we trust God enough to do what he says. That does not mean that things are easy. Ask two young parents whose nine-month-old baby was diagnosed with stage four cancer. Ask them if faith was easy. Ask the parents who lost their child tragically. Ask the widow struggling with crippling loneliness. Ask the young man who had a heart replacement before he was 20. Ask the man sitting in the pew who lives with chronic pain. Ask the addict who's recovering from his alcohol addiction. Ask the teenager ridden with guilt ridden with anxiety and wondering, just wondering if there really is a God. See, faith is not anywhere in Scripture or anywhere in us ever promised to be easy. See, we all come to a moment where we have to step out. We have to jump out, which I like this picture better. We have to jump to God. We have to leave security behind. We have to leave our understanding. We have to lay down ourselves and trust Him. See, every person of faith has that moment. Are you going to trust yourself? Are you going to trust in your plans and your timing and your ways? Are you going to give up that and trust in God's? That requires humility to trust God and to jump. It wasn't an option. See, Hebrews chapter 11 tells us that it's not just a good thing. It's a required thing. Trusting God is crucial, you see, and it's always worth it. It doesn't mean that it's simple. It can be very, very hard, but there's no getting around it. We have to trust in him more than we trust in here. And that's what faith is all about. It's part of walking with an unseen God. If you're still in Hebrews chapter 11, you're going down to verse 6 now. Verse 6 says, Without faith, it is impossible, impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. You see, it's not an option for us any more than it was for them. The Hebrews of faith that are listed in Hebrews chapter 11, they're in there not because of their abilities and their power and their plans and their understanding. They're in there because of a God that they trusted in beyond their abilities, their power, their understanding, and their uh, uh, timing. In everything, they trusted Him even above themselves. And this means for us the same thing. The same requirement that they had to do is what we have to do. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. The scripture is clear. Uh, Paul is writing and he's speaking about the, the uh, our 
transitioning from this life to the life to come. And he's talking about how we're going to leave this tent of this world and go on to an earthly, from an earthly dwelling to a heavenly, higher dwelling. So he says this is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. See, faith is both believing in an unseen God and walking in obedience to Him. You see, some people will say faith is just believing in God. No, that's not true. Even the demons believe in God. James chapter 2 says, even Satan believes in God. That's not a question of believing in God. Faith is believing in God enough to do the next right thing, to walk in obedience to Him. As the old song says, trust and obey. As the psalm says, trust in the Lord and do what's right. You see, faith is not leaning on ourselves and trusting in God to the point where we do what he asks. So faith then is not about knowing how it will all work out. I realize what I'm preaching this morning is easy to preach. And you're facing some real stuff. Could be stuff on the job. Could be stuff with your family. Could be stuff with your health. Could be stuff in your own personal life. Demons, stuff that you're working through that I have no idea. But let me tell you, if you trust him, faith is not about knowing how all that will work out. Faith is about trusting who will work it all out to his glory. Believing is good. You've got to know that he loves you, and you've got to trust him enough to follow. And that's what following is all about. So I'm going to give you 14 words to remember and repeat. And if you like to write things down, I hope you do. If you don't take a picture or just in some way, put it where you will remember the next 14 words the next time you face an obstacle in your faith. The next time you face a doubt. The next time it doesn't go your way. The next time God interrupts your plans. Here it is. 14 words that will be very helpful. I don't know how. But I do know who. And so I will trust him. Now, sister in Christ shared this with me. And I, I, won't, I didn't get permission to share her name, so I won't. But... But she has this written, and it's on a little card, and she's got it at home, she's got it at work, to remind her of this. I don't know how, but I do know who. So I'll trust him. I, I want to encourage you this week to, to repeat that. I don't know how, but I do know who. So I'll trust him. If you're going to trust him, that means you obey him. You do what he said to do. He says, if he says believe, yes, you believe. If you repent, yes, if you need to confess his name, yes, we do that. Not because you know how or why, but because you know who. And you trust him and you trust his instructions. See, trusting God is simple, but it is rarely easy. Faith would be easy. It would be easy if we could see the whole purpose. We could see the whole picture. We have all the answers. We had all the steps clearly pointed out. But often, we're just given one. I just need you to trust God and do what I say. Trust God and obey. 
And so this morning, if you are ready to begin the walk of faith, just as those began last week, you can do that. To trust and obey Him. To trust His words and to trust His instructions. My question is, we said, I don't know how, but I do know who. My question is, do you? Do you know who? If you don't know who, if you don't know Jesus, the living Savior, the resurrected Savior, you can begin to know him this morning, and you begin to follow him by just simply doing what he said to do. Mark 16, 16, to to believe and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. As Peter added on later, to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you're ready to know him and know who, well, the word simply tells you the way. And if you're ready to follow the way, you can do that this morning. Or if you have been struggling in faith and you've been struggling with truly trusting God, we'd love to pray with you. We'd love to encourage you. We'd love to help you in any way that we can. If you have a need this morning, please come. Because the only way to know him is to know who. And if you don't know who, uh, come on down this morning and we'll help you to know him. If you have any need, please come as together we stand and sing.